Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plushcare. Plushcare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news... All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Coding. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, you're listening to Fail Like an Artist with your hosts, Julie Battisti and me, Phoebe Ganza, a podcast discussing all the ways we've failed as artists with insight, advice and humour. Each episode, we will discuss a failure and what we've learned from it. So it's been, it's been a pretty shitty week where you are. Do you want to, you don't have to, it's, do you want to talk about it or shall we... <laughs> I don't I don't want to talk about it too much because I do feel a bit fragile from it all. Obviously, the last time we chatted was just before Cyclone Gabrielle hit. And since then, it was a lot, lot worse than we thought it was going to be. I'm, you know, I'm fine. My family's fine. Um, we're very lucky that there's many people that weren't. And like Julie did in a little pre-intro last week, um, talk, we, she mentioned the, the fund which, you know, so I won't go on about that again. But yeah, it's been a week. It's it's very hard to kind of transition out of like a sort of traumatic time, even though we're fine and we're safe. You know, it's, there's still lots going on in our community and up the coast, in the east coast of where we're from and down towards Wairau, Napier, Hastings, absolutely, you know, terrible devastation there and that you know there's still lots of people in Gisborne that are misplaced and have lost homes and things Tikaraka particularly is really really badly hit so it is hard to kind of think about doing things like art and this podcast you know I sort of felt briefly that it, it all feels a little bit irrelevant and pointless and not really kind of something I should sort of indulge myself in if you know what I mean yeah but then I think it is really important to carry on with some kind of normal things and not to allow yourself to get too too stuck in feeling sad and melancholy about things that you can't help or change. And, you know, this podcast does provide a service. It does provide people with um, 
you know, it's not just entertainment. We're we're doing it to help people, to help artists particularly um, learn and grow. And I think that feels useful right now. Like I'm thinking, well, I there's not much I can do physically at the moment, but I can still do this and help people elsewhere. So I'm kind of want to just sort of compartmentalize my life a little bit and do what I can outside of the podcast helping the community and then focus when I'm doing the podcast I'm just like no I just want to be present and do this and think about nothing else and just actually take my mind off everything for a bit because that's actually quite healthy and like good for my mental health because I'm quite a I suppose like an empath and I get quite easily kind of uh, emotionally upset by things you know like I get I read about things and they sit with me and it's hard to switch off from that so yeah I I did want to do you know I know you said that we could have a break and things and I thought about it but I want to carry on doing this because I do enjoy it and I I love it's really nice to have the time to chat to you and it's nice to provide provide this for other people other artists so yeah the pod itself can feel like a nice little bit of escapism sometimes like it's a different different little world in here which is no I just think you've been a really amazing source of um, strength for me so really really grateful for your support when you finally could 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 talk to me you know when you finally when we finally could connect it you were one of the people that have, has offered the most amount of support for me so yeah thank thank you one of the things that was really beautiful during the week actually was the amount of people it was one of the things I said to you when we first connected is so many people messaged to check out like both on the flat page and on my personal Instagram so many people <laughs> were reaching out saying it's Phoebe okay we've been thinking about her it does make you know, make you realise how fostering a community outside of your physical community mm. is 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 really important, and how yeah, how beautiful. I I, I did. You know, I had a lot of people asking me how I what when I finally did log back on. You know, I had a lot of messages from people checking in on me and asking how I was and things. You know. It, it wasn't sort of unnoticed that I didn't post or go online for a week or however long it was. So, and to hear, you know, from you to tell me, to, telling me that lots of people reached out with support and uh, messages and asking how they can donate and, you know, sort of suggested starting that hashtag art for Cyclone Relief, which a lot of people have taken up. It's, it's amazing. It's, it's, it's overwhelming and kind of, humbling to realize that there's strangers really out there who care about you and it just blows my mind a bit yeah and that want to help the our community who you know they don't live here or they don't um even live in New Zealand a lot of them but they still want to help this community because they've because they've seen what's been happening and kind of just really does give you a bit of faith in humanity that there's so many lovely people in the world still so yeah it's been a it's been a it's been a shocker I'm not gonna lie it really has brought a lot of people close together and really made you realize what's important in life so that's 
Always a good wake up call. I feel. Um... <laughs> How's your week been? <laughs> Sorry. You know what? Tell me about your wasps nest. <laughs> It's put a lot of things into perspective, to be honest. I know. No, Um, I do want to, like, it's so good to just hear, like, my friend who, my beautiful friend lives in um, Ireland, and she was like, what do you need? And I was like, do you know what I need is just, I want to see your new haircut. I want to see, send me a meme, a funny meme. Like, I don't, you know, I actually just want some normal stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Like, please just give me something else to think about. So, um, and I know that sort of, then that feels, you feel guilty because you want to escape from it. But I think there's only so much trauma a person can witness and read about and think about before it just becomes too much. So I actually think, you know, I really, I want to, I want to talk about silly and irrelevant stuff right now. I just want to have a little pause from real life and hear how your week's been and, and hear about what normal What's going on in a normal life? So do you want me to... Yeah. I, I alluded it to it, yeah. to it this morning when we were chatting. Shall I tell you about wasp Wasp-mageddon? Yeah, wasp Wasp-mageddon. <laughs> tell me about wasp Waspgate. <laughs> so we have... We moved into our house... Oh, I can't calculate when backwards. July last year. Um, July? Yeah. And there's this beautiful tree in between my studio and the house. There's probably... I don't, mm. I don't know how many metres, maybe five metres dif- like distance. Yes. And as the seasons have been growing on... Like more and more leaves have been coming onto the tree and it's been looking really, really beautiful. And it's sort of at its peak beauty level at the moment, but apparently mm. the wasps think so as well. So it's oh, no. it's like this weeping cherry tree that there's uh-huh. like, oh, there must be several hundred wasps around it. Like, Are they like paper wasps or no, what kind of wasps are I, they? I don't know. They're wasps. Nasty ones. <laughs> But like some wasps make nests, don't they? And do they? Do some not? I don't know. Uh-oh. Do they? I don't know. Um, Is there a nest in it then? Apparently not. So I, I called two different pest control people who just said, "Oh, look, they really like their. There's something that the leaves produce that they're eating. Uh-huh. So there's nothing they can do really until um, the leaves fall off. Oh, and guess until the weather cools down. Apparently, but um, oh. they're attracted to light. And so this morning my husband went downstairs to have his shower and he left the lights mm. on in the kitchen. Then he went upstairs, got my son, and they both go downstairs and usually have breakfast together. But yeah. by the time they'd gotten between like the half hour from having shower and getting my son, they went back downstairs and there were like 20 or 30 wasps in the kitchen. So oh. my husband like very calmly removed Gingerly. my son <laughs> without panicking him into the playroom and then went and sprayed everywhere. Yeah, but then by the time he came upstairs, well, like I was waking up with Alfie, he's like, "Oh, there's like a wasp graveyard downstairs. Like, don't go down in bed." Great. <laughs> oh, great! Thanks. They left. Had a baby. Wasps everywhere. Oh. I had to like hoover them up. <laughs> and then what do you do? Do you have to keep your window shut the whole day? No. Well, I mean, once it's daylight, it doesn't seem to be a problem. They don't generally come right. in the house, but because it's in between. The tree is literally in between me and the studio. I have to, like, run a wasp gauntlet to get to the studio every time. And then every time I come back inside, every time, like, a hair touches my shoulder, I'm like, <laughs> it's like, almost like, you know, when someone says that their kid's got nits and all of a sudden oh, yeah. you feel itchy. You have an itchy head, yeah. Every time I feel anything brush against me, I think it's a wasp. Have you ever been stung by a wasp? No. I, I haven't. I don't know how bad it is. I've been stung by a bee, but... 
Um, plenty, yeah, and then everyone in Dunedin has been told. I don't think it's just us. I think there have been a really big problem this summer for whatever reason. Can't they just spray the tree or something? I think, I think, I don't know. We'll see. We're investigating, but I might chop the tree down, which is a bit of a shame. No. I can't deal I with this every year, not with the kids. No. Can you move the tree? To, to where? <laughs> <laughs> Dig it up. It's too big for I think so. <laughs> I don't know. So now, like, like to tonight, we were like, we've turned our lights off in the kitchen at night, and we were both just walking around in the dark. Both of us were too scared to turn the lights. <laughs> That's not ideal. No, it wasn't. <laughs> it wasn't great. It's not really a way to live. <laughs> then you're like, oh, now we understand why this beautiful house was for sale. <laughs> There've been some really beautiful garden surprises. Like, turns out I've got peonies in the garden. I was like, oh, that's oh, lovely. Yeah. But also wasps. Also wasps. Mm-hmm. That's my life now. Oh well. Well, so what else has been happening? What else have you been doing? Lots of painting at the moment, which has been really good. I've almost finished oh, that big floral, which is really exciting. The big pink and ready, like yeah. Is that peonies? Yeah, yeah, they're all peonies. <clears throat> um, I just I can't get my head around how you can paint that that scale. I'm just like, I don't even know how how you like. Can how do you have to like walk to the other side of the room to get there to see if it looks right? Because it just is so blown up. Like, how do you do it? I do step <laughs> I back quite often. Like, I find that's really important, and I turn my canvas around a lot. So, because I'm the orientation is actually portrait, but because I'm such a short ass, I have to paint it horizontally. So right. I turn it both ways. So I. Whenever mm. I, when I'm painting it, it's horizontal, but when I'm resting it, because I do take breaks from it quite a bit, because I think that's important too, I rest mm. it portrait and I take a lot of photos on my phone and I have leave myself uh, the harshest yeah. commentaries. <laughs> and then sometimes it's just a photo with all of these white lines about what needs to be changed. Is that what you do? So you sort of edit on your phone? That's clever. I find it's um, it provides a little because bit more distance. Because it shrinks distance. it. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You'll definitely notice anything that's not right then, won't you, I guess? Yeah. And I think because when I'm not working on something, I can just not forget about it, but I don't sit there and look up, just sit there and stare at my work very often. I probably should do that more. But then whenever I'm having a break during the day, I'll, I'll flick through my phone and think, oh, yeah, that's that's not right. Yeah, and your, your eye can pick that out. Do you, do you put it next to the original photo side by side and do it that way ever? No, I I don't know why not. This is not something that I do. But I'm about to start I two spot more the difference. Two more biggies. So that'll be interesting. Ooh. You're going to? Yep. Are they commissions or just for fun? One's a commission, one's for a gallery. I've actually got quite a lot of work that I need to start. And I don't know which to start first. So I start both. Just going to start like six paintings at once and then cry. That sounds like a good plan. I need to do more of that. I'm not very good at that. I'm a bit of a start one. I think I should do that actually and have them staggered because I get, I find the middle stage so hard. Yeah. When that looks. The middle slog. It's like yeah. running a race when you sort of at the beginning you've got that initial kind of energy and inertia and like, oh, this isn't too bad. I quite like running. 
and then in the middle you're like, I hate running, I hate myself, I hate, hate, hate this, I'm never running it again. And then at the end, you're like, the end, I can see the finish line, yay, I'm excited again, I've got adrenaline. But that middle bit is a slog. Yeah. Whereas it, and then if you stagger them, you'll always have one that might be at the end or the beginning. That's a good idea. Why haven't I thought of that? That's really good. <laughs> I think it's a space thing. I think now I've got some space. I haven't really got my, I haven't got used to making the most of it. Because I've never really had the space to do that. It can be have more. quite nice as well. Yeah. So, for example, I might start six works at once and then only sort of really focus on three of them. But you can sort of batch because I stretch my own canvases. So I do all of that. And then you do mm. all of the gessoing and then all of the priming. And so you're just sort of using yeah. the same materials at one yeah, time. I don't know if I can do that because I've... Like, I could, there's only so many boring jobs I can do at once. <laughs> I think I would be better to do do one and get like get to the point of that it's boring and then start another one. Yeah, and then I mean you got to find the the process that works for you. Yeah, I don't think I I've tried doing batch like gessoing before and it's it's really boring. It's really too. It's mm, I think it's just because I need to get through the stretching stage and then I I go really hard and I end up with like blisters on my hands and. I don't, it's not that smart, I don't think. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so let's we should probably move in. I should just say to everyone, like I am really sorry if I come across a bit flat and not my usual peppy self in this episode. I, I'm gonna try my best. Um, but you know, I just don't I don't wanna kind of um I don't wanna kind of promise that it's gonna be <laughs> me being my usual self because I do feel a bit not my usual self so yeah there's a little caveat for you that it might be like the worst episode (laughs) yet and I'm sorry about that I don't think anyone will mind no acronyms today no one else actually come on I might pull one I I reckon we've still got one in there (laughs) (laughs) let's not let's not um you know fat lady's not singing yet um okay so this is part two of um, failing at Instagram listener questions. All right, you start. Find a question, Julie. What gets likes and views versus what actually sells art on social media? Likes and views for me is always silly reel or a quote that always does well. If I do some sort of trend, you know, like if there's a new trend that you see on a reel or something and I do my spin on that, that tends to get lots of likes and views. But, yeah, I don't think that really sells any art, ever. That might get you some likes, but when I had a reel go viral, I got a lot of followers and then about three months later they'd all gone again, so... (laughs) Um, I mean, maybe a few of them stuck around, I don't know. But I think that can be a bit of a fail. Like, trying to make a viral reel is not necessarily going to get your ideal follower. If you make a reel with the mindset of, like, how's this going to best show off my art and it happens to go viral and get lots of likes and views, then that's probably a much better strategy than trying to you know, make a viral reel based on following a trend. 
and then get lots of likes and views, but it's got nothing really relevant to your art or like it's fun and it's fine to do that. Uh, but don't kind of think, well, that's going to mean that those people are going to buy my art because I, I, from personal experience, haven't found that. Yeah. What about you? What gets likes and views versus? Well, this is a weird one. So I don't sell directly. Like, sometimes sales happen through Instagram indirectly. And what works in terms of what gets the most likes and views for me is a bit, I get a bit angry about it sometimes because mm. if I post almost an identical picture of one of my floral paintings and a picture of one of my cloud paintings, almost without fail, the flower painting will get shown to about five times more people. And so it gets five times more likes usually. And part of that might be that there's a bigger community of people that like floral paintings out there, but I can't help but think that it's getting shown to so many more people and the clouds get shown to barely anyone unless I happen to put myself mm. in it. Oh. But if it's just a painting, I don't know why. Whatever's mm. happening with the Instagram algorithm at the moment, they prefer flowers. But mm. I can't just post pictures of flowers because... Um, you do um, other. Yeah. Yeah. And again, I think it's just sometimes focusing on showing your work to the best of its ability instead of trying to... Worrying about the likes and views. Yeah, yeah because I think some often when... So how it comes about most often for me is that I'll end up getting a commission through people seeing my work or people mm. will sometimes go into a gallery and view my work there. And it will often be months or sometimes years after they've first seen a piece. So it's, you know, you're developing, I develop, I think, my collectors slowly over time. I've not really had anything go viral. I've had a couple mm. of posts get like a 1,000 likes and that's been probably the biggest I've ever had. So we have we've had quite a few people ask the same kind of question in roundabout words. Um, is spending money on ads really worth it? Julie, have you spent money on ads ever? Only on events. So when I've had like a gallery opening coming up, or if I've had a particular painting that I wanted to sell, I haven't done that for a long time. But not just to advertise my page as a thing, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. So I think. For me, it makes more sense to throw money at a specific targeted thing, but not just to try and gain followers as such. Yeah, I think think nowadays, you know, Instagram is uh, definitely putting a bit more pressure on you to spend money on ads if you want a post to get seen, Mm. Um, especially if you have mentioned in that post that you're painting is for sale um any there are lots of words i think i mean and again this could all be a kind of conspiracy theory i'm not sure but i have noticed that if i ever do post and i've used the word like for sale or i've put a price or i have um said check out my website or um, you know i've mentioned any kind of sale kind of related language um that it tends to tank and get very little reach and I think that's a you know strategy by strategy. <laughs> I've only had three sips of wine. I think that's a strategy by Instagram, clearly, to make money because it knows that you want to make money, and so it goes, ah, uh, 
well, if you want to make money, you know what you've got to do. You've got to spend money to make money. And so it it knows that it's not going to show that post to anyone. And then it says to you, would you like to boost this post? <laughs> do you remember last Scott. week or the week before, we posted something to the flat page which flopped. Oh, I don't know why. Had, I had like nine people see it. Like the literally ridiculously low reach. And it was like, this post is doing better than 95% of your other posts. Would you like to boost it? If it's like, <laughs> d- really don't, like, I'm not good at maths. Like, uh, hands up in the air, maths is not my strong point. But nine people seeing it, I definitely don't consider that to be 95% better than most of my other posts that have been seen by sort of two and a half thousand. So, yeah. Long story short, if you want a post to be seen, then yes, spending money on ads is is ultimately going to be worth it. How much you spend is up to you and probably needs to be something that you kind of, you just have to play with. I have done it a few times only for, like Judy said, I've done it when I have had a new collection launched or a sale when I had my online course that when that went live for the first time I made sure that that post because I knew it you know had the language of like I've got a new course coming out and you can sign up and link in my bio and all of those words and I didn't want to not include those um and I did want the post I did want the post to be seen by people and especially new people not just my followers but I did want people outside of my followers to see it I didn't really do a deep dive into the stats because I was I took a plane and went to England the next day. <laughs> so I sort of just paid I can't remember how much, maybe forty or fifty dollars or something like that, and then just hoped that it did its thing. And uh I mean I did sell a lot of those courses, so hope you know I think you're if you're the sort of person that's good with that kind of thing, with money and <laughs> strategies and like spreadsheets you could sort of do a post similar see how it performs and then do a post where you boost it and see how that performs that would be a sensible thing to do that's not what I've done um because I'm not very sensible but yeah I have seen that those ones I've boosted do get shown to more people and you know that ultimately that's what you want you want people to know that you're website's got new work or whatever it is I would not spend the money on it just on the po- you know like some random post like I I don't see the point in doing it for those um, I have tried to get around that by the the, the putting um, that wording in the caption by god I'm not really good at explaining this by in your carousels in my carousel that's the word I'm groping for um, in my carousel, I have done in notes, I've written like this with my smaller um, 31 day project that I did. Um, I wrote sort of like title and the price and the size and DM for purchase, whatever. And I put that in a in notes and I took a screenshot of that. And then I put that as slide two of a carousel so that the caption said swipe for info and then people could swipe to see that it was for sale and the price and et cetera, et cetera. And I found that those posts didn't do, they did quite well as opposed to ones where at the beginning I had just put all of that in the caption and they didn't 
the reach wasn't as good. I thought that was so clever when I saw you doing that. So, I mean, you, I sort of, I'm sure though they'll eventually the they'll get, robots will figure it out, won't mm, they? Yeah, it won't be long They're until they stupid. get text recognition and. Oh, exactly. I'm sure they probably do already. I, I was probably kidding myself that it was a good idea, but yeah. So that's my ten pence worth on that. Um, spend money on ads wisely. I know that Facebook ads I have never used, but. I've heard of other artists have really good success with using those targeted ads for, I know this is an episode on Instagram, but um, for things like courses and things like that. So I think it's a case of just, you know, probably putting aside a little budget and just trying out a few things, playing around with it um, and then seeing the results. And that's all you can do, really. I find these days... (sighs) As artists, we don't usually have quite a big marketing or advertising budget. We don't think about it. And I think it's one of the mm. things about Instagram is we get a lot of advertising for free. Mm. And so that's how I've looked at it before exhibitions in the past. I've sort of put aside, you know, $150, $200 for advertising and maybe I've printed out a bunch of postcards that I could deliver around locally to places. Mm. And then in order to sort of increase my reach broader than just wherever the exhibition was taking place, yeah, the best way of getting things out there globally for me was always Instagram or Facebook. And like that, I haven't done yeah. that a lot, but so to every so often throw 50 bucks at something and say, look, well, you know, at the end of the day, if it goes nowhere, but. Yeah, well, not, you know, nothing ventured, nothing gained, is there? Yeah. Really? How to be comfortable in front of a camera. I can't answer this. Can you, you, you probably do it better than I can? I think the best way is to just be awkward in front of a camera. <laughs> that I can do. <laughs> because that's all I can do. Oh, Is it like, does anyone feel comfortable in front of a camera at the beginning? I don't it, know. I have to, like, sometimes I'm going, oh, I'm going to do, do some stories today. And then I, I record it like eight times. <laughs> and then I've, on the like ninth time, I, it's no better. But I think I'm just going to have to post this now because I've already, I've already wasted 10 minutes of my day. Um, I think we've got to realise that no one really cares about us. <laughs> it's us that cares what we look like and sound like. And actually no one else does. It's really easy to say that, but it's hard to practice it, isn't it? Um, All I can think about is when we were making those reels for the flat page and I sent you my first couple of takes of my part and you were laughing so much because of how bad I was. You were like a little tiny bit wooden and I didn't know how to say, can you not be wooden without saying, can you, can you try to sort of... Can you do it better? <laughs> Julie. We've gotten to know each other much better since then. Oh, I was like, it's good. You were very polite. I just Except wonder for the laughing. If you could maybe do it again. <clears throat> um, look, I just think you've got to find your own version of comfortable, haven't you? Like some people are naturally kind of chatty and they, you know don't stumble over the words and whatever I think if you just be honest and just say oh look I find this really awkward but I really want to hop on to say 
such and such or yeah then actually showing that vulnerability and just sort of people relate to that because I'm pretty sure most people feel uncomfortable in front of a camera and also it depends like you know start off perhaps with being with just a photo start off with videoing yourself you could start off with taking a photo with a um, self-timer and that way you can do lots of pictures of yourself by your art and then pick the nicest one you know you you could start off with that and once you feel a bit more comfortable just seeing yourself in a photo you could perhaps move to talking on a story and once you've done that you could move to trying a reel if you want but I do think it's like if you feel like you're never going to be comfortable in front of a camera you don't have to be there are many artists out there that I don't know what they look like they they only ever show their art and it's not made me want to stop following them it is nice to see a photo occasionally of the person but it doesn't have you don't have to you know just change everything and just do hundreds of reels of yourself if it's not what you're aligned with or comfortable with so Mm. yeah I'm slowly getting more comfortable um I keep telling myself that I want to start doing a few stories every week where I'm facing the camera and talking to camera just Mm. because I want to and what stops Mm. me is confidence and practice and so because I've been putting not that much effort into Instagram for a while but I've also been missing that community so I have to set myself some goals just to start that momentum growing again. Yeah. And I've never, ever spoken to camera on a reel. And so that'll be like my, once I'm comfortable. Yeah. On it. Oh, yeah. I have. But they, a, but we know how that flat. ended up. <laughs> with a banana on flat. <laughs> Doesn't count. It does count. <laughs> um, I think you're right. I've, I, I, I have been through a phase, like when I did my Tip Tuesday, this before reels, um, when I was a pioneer of... <laughs> video before they <laughs> became popular no when I did my tip Tuesday and I did every Tuesday I'd do a video and I was so awkward the first one or two if you ever could be bothered to scroll back or look at the hashtag tip Tuesday I think it's called tip Tuesday I think or Phoebe Gander tip Tuesday or something like that um the first few were really awkward. like I really was awkward and so self-conscious and then the more I did them the easier it got and really, it's like any, it honestly is like anything, isn't it? The more you do it, the easier it gets. And I think you're right. Like, I really enjoy watching people's stories when they chat, especially when they've got the captions on, mostly, because often I'm not in a position where I can always have the sound on. Same. Um, so I really like the captions. And even if the captions don't quite make sense, because sometimes, you know, with accents and stuff, it changes a word. But you can normally get the gist of what they're saying. Um, uh I really like them and it really makes me feel like I get to know that person and I think well if I like them then obviously other people must like them so um it is nice it's nice to see a bit of behind the scenes and I think that's quite a nice um a sort of soft intro into doing it isn't it it's a kind of and also you could like if you feel really uncomfortable like you can put a silly filter on of like you know wearing a pair of silly glasses or a hat or something, you know, like not the beauty filters where they, but I quite like those too, where they're really ridiculous. <laughs> Give you the big lips and the silly eyelashes and stuff. And that kind of gives you a bit of a buffer between the reality and, you know. See, I think it'd take, I don't know if I could do that 
on stories and <laughs> no, I'd be like what is Julie doing this is not on brand <laughs> but I would love it <laughs> uh, perhaps it's a bit more for me than you you seem to throw each other random um, Instagram challenges yeah right Julie here's a oh I might do that I might just find a filter and be like there you go Julie <laughs> it's beard day <laughs> Well, you know, if you're going to do that to me, I'm going to set you like spreadsheet challenges. Oh, no, don't. No, I mean, they're not fun. I don't like that. Definitely not. How funny would it be if you just talked to Catamaran with a beard on and like didn't mention it at all? (laughs) I kind of like that sort of, that's my kind of stupid though. Like if someone dares me to do it, I'm like, well, I had to. Was it dare? Know what I'm doing. (laughs) Know what I'm doing tomorrow. Well, it's like I would normally not do those. the art recreation. No, that's been fun though. It has been really yeah. fun. But so, it's like, oh, well, If anybody doesn't hasn't seen our Instagram, obviously you need to go and follow it. Um, but if you're listening, this is your first time listening or something, we have, Julie and I have been like taking turns to recreate a kind of famous painting um, and in a kind of silly way. And that's quite a fun way of doing things isn't it because you're not taking yourself too seriously and you're kind of like recreating this quite serious painting in a, in in a way that's a bit more just tongue-in-cheek and um yeah that's been quite fun and I don't mind that I don't look that, that attractive <laughs> or you know it's not about sort of how good you look it's it's more about how accurate you recreated the painting so which yeah. is my turn I need to get on that that is Come on. For tomorrow. <laughs> All right. Um, okay. How do I reach more people on social media? Do hashtags work? Phoebe did answer this somewhat in our last podcast on Instagram, but then we also had a question come up on the Instagram page the same week, just saying, I listened to the podcast. Phoebe mentioned something about hashtags that I didn't quite understand in terms of why oh. wouldn't I use hashtag art? Um, right. And the only the way the best way that I could explain it was so if you use the hashtag art, which we show, which includes millions of posts, yeah. your one post is going to be a very small fish in an ocean. Whereas yeah. if you niche down and maybe choose a hashtag like New Zealand art, maybe it only has one hundred and fifty thousand posts within that hashtag, and so all of a sudden your fish is a bit bigger and your pond is a bit smaller. Mm, um mm. so I used to try and choose a selection of sizes so I would maybe include one hashtag that had maybe a million posts in it a couple that had a couple of hundred thousand a couple that only had fifty thousand a couple that had ten thousand mm. so I used to actually spend quite a lot of time I had a spreadsheet um trying to make sure yeah no surprise surprise um these days I don't bother and I don't know that it actually makes that much difference I've tried a few posts without hashtags and they did quite badly so I've gone back to Mm. using them again but I don't think that I don't know that people are searching with hashtags I I can't remember the last time I searched using a hashtag that's interesting that I have had I've gone through phases where I'm like I'm not going to use hashtags anymore and they my posts have been have done quite well um weirdly or I've only used one or two I've read some I've read conflicting advice I've read people that say you should use all 30 I've read people that say you should only use you know six 
So. I think really it's a case of just trial and error. I think you're better off trying to think about the type of hashtag that your ideal kind of customer or client or whatever you want to call a person that wants to buy your work would search for. So if you if you think about it, like if I was going to buy a painting and I'm not an artist, am I going to just type in art? Probably not because I'm not, you know, that's just going to throw up so much. Mm. I might type in something like New Zealand homes or something like, you know, like it. So that, so I, you've got to try and get yourself in the mindset of like, what would the person who's searching for me look for? Or they might want still life art. So, okay, so I'll put still life, um, New Zealand or something you know like I'm trying to I'm trying to sort of narrow it down a bit so that the person that's searching for me kind of has already decided the type of art they're looking for or the place that they're looking for do you know what I mean yeah okay I think that just about wraps up hashtags um next question right is Instagram the place for new and emerging artists anymore (sighs) well I think this is the million dollar question really isn't it that everybody is sort of asking about Instagram at the moment like it has changed so radically um from from what it was like four or five years ago um but you know people have tried other platforms like that Vero one Vero no I opened I started an uh, account but I never got into it yeah same I when was what? Why did that all spring about? Oh, Instagram started preferencing reels. Yeah, that was right. Um, yeah, so everybody was like, "Oh, okay, let's go and do Vero," and then realized that it wasn't as good. I want you know. It's interesting because good, it had but... all of the things we were asking for. It had a, a chronological ordered feed, yeah. and you know it was like a similar version to Instagram, but the community wasn't there. And yeah. so I still felt like I was shouting into the void. I was just... I found it strange. It didn't have the stories option and the DMing from that. And mm. I think for me, I I don't know about you, but I've, like stories are quite a big way that I like to engage with other accounts or, you know, post behind the scenes stuff i i always go to the stories first before i scroll through my feed um and i think the lack of that sort of made it feel a bit yeah like just didn't have that same like you say community feel anyway i think my point was um people have tried other platforms like instagram but that it still doesn't have quite what Instagram has. Um, I think TikTok is obviously a place that a lot of people are going. It's not somewhere that I f- enjoy um, personally. It's too too much, too too endless and too busy and noisy and there's no calm and it's just... I just don't like just only video content personally. Um, yeah, 
I I think it Instagram still is the place if I was starting out that I would go to. I mean, that's where we have put the new um, Fail Like an Artist Instagram. And we have built that up. You know, what have we got, like 3,400 followers or something now? Yeah, we have to... So so we, we did get probably a lot of exposure we, from the size of your account. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I was just about to say, like, we didn't just, like, do that anonymously. If we had just created that anonymously as I felt like a nice podcast and hadn't mentioned either of us in it at all... Um, I think it would, you know, it would definitely have taken a long longer to grow and find an audience. But we already had um, our own audiences to pull from. So, I mean, relatively speaking, that's quite a small amount of numbers of people have jumped over from both of us to that Instagram. Um, saying that, you know, it has grown. Uh, a lot of people have shared the podcast. So I think a lot of the growth has come from other people sharing and talking about the podcast and it has got a nice community sort of feel over there it's a hard one what do you think so I think the way the best way of thinking about it is where so whoever it is that you want to reach so if you're wanting to reach other artists I think there probably are a lot more um certainly in the age demographic that I'm in that are on Instagram than TikTok my problem, I guess, with TikTok is that your um, content disappears much more quickly even than Instagram. And so for me, mm-hmm. I can't really be bothered making something if it's going to disappear super quick. Um, and I think that in terms of me finding my collectors, they're still on Instagram. So that's mm-hmm. where I want to be. In terms of where else could you look, like personally, I'm looking into Substack at the moment just because it's a place for longer form content where people will stick around a little bit longer and you, it's not quite so quick. Can you explain what Substack is? So Substack is more like a blog, really. So okay. um, it it's a newsletter, essentially, and you can it's got places where you can chat with your subscribers, um, you can email them weekly, daily, whatever you like, and they do have explore pages and that sort of thing, but it's not as quick to swipe past as it is in like Instagram and I feel like Instagram's you know quick and very easy for me to scroll past TikTok is even faster Mm. Um, and this to me is a step in the slower direction so if I actually want to talk and engage with people and talk to them about what I'm doing and show more than one image and have somewhere where people can actually investigate my works and find out more about me is it is it from an app or is it from a desktop website or is it from a so it's, it's an app, you can view it on a desktop and you can push your newsletter out to people's emails so people can choose to view it in there. So I have some Substack newsletters that I view in my email inbox and I have some that I don't want emailed because I just want to sort of read them whenever I go into the app. And so you can right. opt out of... Because I don't okay. like my email inbox being inundated too much. No, um, And at the moment, like, I don't email my subscribers all that often. I only ever email them when I've got new work. Yeah. But this, you know, I'm thinking of maybe making one substack for other creators where it's sort of more of a community conversation page and one substack for collectors where they might want to find out more about individual pieces of work. Okay. Well, it does sound interesting. It's not something I've really, um, you know, I heard you, I've heard you mention it, but I I think I need to do a bit more in investigating and 
I'm lit- I do like the sound of it. You know, yeah. It seems like perhaps with everything that's happening with Instagram, it's it's worth definitely sort of putting your eggs in a few baskets. Like and uh, like in saying that, I'm literally only just doing my first steps of investigation now, but so far I've liked what I've seen. And I, I still really love Instagram. And for me, it is still where I have a lot of my conversations, probably mm. like 95% of my conversations. Yeah. And I'm not ready to let go yet. Even every time I think, ah. Oh. But these days I think when I'm scrolling, the amount of sponsored content that I see, yeah. even within when I've gone to look at someone else's page, now sponsored content comes yeah. up and interrupts saw, you. Yeah, yeah, viewing. yeah. I saw that the other day. I was like, so random, like Disney Plus or something. And I was like, why are they why have they done a post about Disney Plus? And then I was like, mm. it's realised, I was like, oh, it says sponsored, this is not even in their feed, this is just snuck in. So uh, it was every two or three posts I was seeing sponsored content the other day and I was like, oh, yeah. I don't know. And I think it's just where I'm at the moment. I want a slower. Yeah. But I think in saying that, I think that Substack will be a whole lot slower to grow than Instagram. Mm. It is probably easier to grow on Instagram than it would be on Substack. I think you've but got it's, to offer But it's more. still hard to grow on Instagram. Yeah, it's, it's still hard to grow on Instagram, but I think I would be focusing not on getting masses of followers but focusing on a small amount of quality collectors. So mm. that's oh, what, totally. yeah. Yeah, I think you've got to just really look at Instagram in a different way now. It's quality over quantity has got to be where it's at and finding those few people and really investing in um yeah conversations and trying to get them to subscribe to a newsletter things like that so that you can then direct them somewhere else if you decide to go somewhere else just on like numbers and figures to give people a bit of reassurance in terms of small accounts still being able to pull a bit of weight so when I post from my account, which is dropped the other day from fourteen to twelve thousand followers, oh, don't know what. Maybe they there. cleared out some bots. Yeah, who knows? I always tell myself it's yeah. That's what I'm telling myself too. A lot of bots got killed. <laughs> pew pew pew. Um, but whenever I post, on average these days, I reckon maybe two. It, my reach is about two thousand accounts, mm. and on the flat page where we've got maybe three thousand, we're reaching. On an average post, I reckon at least 1,000 people. Yeah. And their yeah. flat page often is getting more likes than my content at the moment. Oh, yeah. Def- it, 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 it's so, it's all about the type of audience you've got and how engaged they are. I mean, mine, you know, just to put it in perspective, this recent post, you know, I've got 90-whatever-thousand followers. This recent post, I had a reach of 3,982. So that exponentially from you, that should be massive, yeah. but it's not. You know, like that reach is a fraction of my followers. A fraction of my followers are seeing my posts. Um, so don't think that like, yeah, just because you've got whatever amount, you, you know, 10% or even 5% are going to see it. Um, whereas a smaller account, it feels like they do push perhaps a bigger reach. I don't know. Well, they are certainly doing a bigger reach on our fail like an Instagram, um, 
going to try. <laughs> on our flap page, it's certainly got better reach, you know, per per follower. Hmm. Yeah. And I think, you know, that's people are still using Instagram. It's still where yeah. a lot of people are. So No, I think you're right. I, th- I don't think Instagram's finished yet. But we, you know, we can revisit this conversation in a few months and we, you know, we're still doing this in a year or two. Hopefully we can come back and see. And who knows? Who knows? Your reels are brilliant. How do you film them? How to edit reels in Instagram or an app? So I think everyone's asking me this question. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, Julie, your reels are brilliant. (laughs) Take it away, Phoebe. (laughs) No, you're... You know, mine are fine. They're just, they're just very. Reels. I haven't. Yeah, I don't do much. Phoebe's are much more interesting. Your reels are nice. Your reels are not about you know being all fast paced and silly and following a trend. Your reels are just what I think people that are artists need to kind of go and have a look at and realize that you can create something lovely and interesting and okay, it doesn't have to go viral or whatever, but it's giving a little insight into your practice or your studio or your painting. There's just a bit more um, information there than you'd get from a still photo. So I actually really like the way you do your reels. Oh, thank you. I keep thinking that they're a bit bland. Anyway, it is what it is. Yeah. They're, they're lovely because they show that you don't have to be all bells and whistles and frills and, you know, it can be it can be just simple. Simple isn't bland. I think yeah, it's probably important for me to say they're not where I want them to be yet. I, I'm no. not that excited by my reels. Okay. Um, it's something I would like to work on, don't have the time right now, or mm. the get up and go mm-hmm. to change it. That's but that's fine. all right. Like, yeah. you can't, you know, I can't do everything all the time. So they are all right, should I talk yeah. about my reels? You should definitely. That's what, that's what they're here for. Um, well, look. The way I film them usually is I have like a little clamp thing, a little kind of arm with a phone holder on it that you and you can clamp it, it to like a a tripod or is it a no? It's not a tripod. I have got a tripod, but I don't really use that um, for for my phone. I just it's uh, it's like a bendy. Oh, I mean, okay. I can take a photo and I'll put it in the show notes. So go and look in the show notes. It's like a bendy thing with a clamp and you just clamp it onto any edge or whatever, door frame or chair. And then it's got like an arm with a bit on it where you put the phone in. Um, and it's also got a ring light on another arm, which I never use. That's just on part of it. Um, yeah, and I literally just sort of t- turn the camera around normally so that I can see myself and um press record (laughs) and then I do sometimes film I tell you what I do sometimes do actually is I open up stories um and then you can do like a hands-free and a a self-timer in that and hold and press and then it will give you a three second countdown or whatever and then you can move away and that that way it's um I can kind of see how long it's recording for there's like a kind of little wheel that shows you how long you've been recording for. And then I save that to my phone. Then I open it back up in Reels. Uh, and then in Reels, then I kind of trim them together. 
or if I'm just doing a sort of process video of my painting I'll just take lots of little clips of video you know a few seconds as I paint if I remember and then at the, again at the end I just open up the Reels app add all the videos and then you can trim them then to the right length in the app it's quite easy and you can rearrange you know it's the sort of thing you have to kind of just play around with and to, to figure it out because I don't think a lot of people actually even know that how easy it is because they've never tried it I mean you could just take some videos of anything and never post this but just to play around just take some random videos of your work in your studio or something put open up in reels and then just have a play with rearranging them and trimming them and then you can find audio or music that you can save to add on the top you can you can add your own audio like talk over it or if you've already talked on it you can click on the captions button and um, I always think that's a really good one if there's talking to add captions so that people can read what you're saying if they're not listening or their sound is off or if they're hard of hearing or deaf you know they've got an option there that they can or if they're from a different country a lot of people that are from you know English is their second language they appreciate having captions because reading them helps them understand and things sometimes I edit them in in an app though I do use um, Splice or InShot occasionally there's two apps there that I can I can put those in the show notes Splice they both have free options um, which again you can do things like speed up or slow down video you can you can sort of mirror video you know so you like duplicate it and then reverse it so I think I did a, a video in the split in the flap Instagram where I like spilt some paint water and then I what's the word copied and pasted the same video and then reversed it so it sort of seamlessly spilt and then unspilt so that became like a loop you know it's just little things like that gosh I think this is really boring <laughs> sorry oh no I Not think it's great good content though no, no, I think that's really helpful because I hadn't actually thought about the whole reversing and um playing them back to back it's I would have thought about it a while like yeah and sometimes just, you just need a refresher of ideas yeah and I I every now and then I'll go through other people's reels to sort of like not to copy them like I don't really like sort of copying things at all like really but just to give yourself give yourself ideas a lot of people do tutorials you know you can literally look at people people just share like try this and you know so then they give you an idea of like why not do this this and this and then you think oh yeah I, I could do something like that or um just sparks an idea so or you can just skim through reels and just to get some inspiration really and see what other people are doing and then I always try and do, do my own kind of spin on it and not I don't want to do it exactly like someone else but um yeah I think there's just so many ways that you can create a reel that's not just sort of pointing and dancing or turning around holding a painting you just sort of need to be experimental I think and um I think of ideas in the shower and then I they think oh that's funny <laughs> And then I write it down. I have little. I just have a notes app on my phone for things, random things like real ideas or um, post ideas. I think that's quite good to have that for me personally because I'm not very good at holding on to ideas in my head for long periods of time. And if I just dump it in my phone, then I'll open that, that notes app 
when I'm thinking I've got nothing and then I'll go oh no I've got like 10 ideas here I can use one of those okay pages that offer to promote is there ever a reason to say yes when they offer no next question <laughs> most of the time it's I haven't come across any that haven't been scams yet I mean I know that there are those um there are some big kind of like art sharing accounts you know with perhaps hundreds of thousands of followers and they say you know pay fifty dollars and you'll get three posts and you know we've got a million followers but it's all just like it's like a, they're, they're kind of what i call vanity accounts mm. like it's not ever going to get your work in front of the right eyes and often those if you actually look at those accounts if you ever actually look at the account it might look on the surface like wow they've got hundred thousand followers and you know maybe that would be great to have my art on that page but then if you actually click on any of those um po the posts that they've posted of other people's art there's no interaction mm. or engagement i mean like, you can't see the stats but you can tell if there's like no comments or one comment and it's just a promote it on blah 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 so bot comment. Yeah. so it's not really i don't think ever gonna give you anything in return just lining someone else's pocket aren't you my standard response and i only say that because i haven't had to respond to any i think i probably just blocked them all by now yeah has been i don't have the budget to pay for instagram yeah. uh, advertising yet if you want to post them for free go for your life in, in, and some of them did and i think that yeah. they were obviously looking for content and people used to ask a lot more if they could share your content I think people often share without asking a lot more these days yeah so I remember being contacted by like Condé Nast and thinking oh this big magazine group wants to what's that Condé, Condé Nast so they own like Vogue and a few other big oh yeah um and I'm at first thinking oh that'll be great and then I did a bit of work looking into what they're actually offering you and there is like a grid of artist images on one of the back pages of some of their magazines mm. and some of it's just online. Mm. And I went and had a look at a few of those pages and some of the artists that had been on it in the months and went back and looked at those artist accounts and there was no there was Gross. no exposure for them. And they no. were asking like five hundred pounds, yeah. I think, no. to be included. And I remember thinking, are you using a big name to offer it was a scam. It's like, like it's almost it's not false a, advertising. An actual, yeah. Not an actual scam. It, you know, they were going to put you in the magazine, but it was... Borderline. It's not worth the money in terms of advertising spend, yeah. that's for sure. No, definitely not. If you're going to spend money on anything, it should be on your own content, you know, through your own ads that you're in control of and you know what you're saying and what you're putting out there and you can also see the insights. You want to be able to see the analytics of that ad and, and how it performed and you know there's no you just can't tell that from someone else's page honestly it's just I had someone like literally someone I don't know who one of those big accounts messaged me the other day just saying I'm selling my page what do you want to offer me for it Jesus. I was like block I <laughs> just what I'm, gonna, I'm like I what but I still get I do like because I think I do have a bigger number I I get quite often those messages probably definitely weekly the, the only ones would you I like get to now promote are, my your work do you would you like to promote our jewelry brand our activewear brand and <laughs> nfts no <laughs> no no <laughs> I don't even reply 
Yeah. I mean, I literally I'd just block. block. Yeah. Block them straight away. Block, block, block. Same. It's that I just no. <sighs> but that's yeah. But if it's a a page where it's like um, so in New Zealand there are pages like. NZ Creators. There's a there's a page called NZ Creators here, which is like a community um, which shares art, fashion, photography, and design. And that um, I'm not sure whether that's paid or not, uh, but it, I know that I don't think it is. I, I can't be on good authority to actually say. But if you tag NZ Creators, I have seen them then repost in their stories they've definitely reposted it in their stories my work for free um when i've used the tag nz creators um and then i'm not sure about the feed but you know the feed is only nz creators that have used that hashtag and it's a you know nice way that they're just sharing to the world about other nz creators so it's kind of like a kind of community page so don't sort of like don't if you get offered like if someone messages you and says is it okay for us to post on your our page you know if they're doing it for free and their page looks like the right sort of place for your work don't completely don't block them immediately do a little bit of due diligence research because there are some genuine people out there that do just love sharing artwork and really want to um help other artists so you know it's just the ones where it says pay me money and yeah you've got a you just got to do a little bit of investigating to see who's the genuine and who's the one thing, snake oil salesman, salesman. Yeah, one thing I've done before when a company that looked quite reputable contacted me several times about advertising with them and I could see that they'd had some bigger names of people that I knew or not even that I knew but people who I knew of had um, advertised with them. I reached out to those people and said, what was your experience with these people? Um, Because they Mm. said to me, oh, hey, we've represented lots of people from the galleries you're with in the past. And I went, okay, maybe I should be looking into this. It's not something I've ever done before, but, you know, maybe this is the next step in my growth. And then so I went off and contacted, I think, three people that had Mm. advertised with them and they all said waste of time and money and they (laughs) were quite aggressive and then, like, wanted more money every year. And I was like, okay, dodged a bullet there by actually just doing a re- like took me two minutes to shoot off three DMs saying, yeah, what was your oh experience here? Yeah, so, that's such good advice actually. Yeah, I think I've done something similar. Okay, next question: How to safely accept commissions from strangers on social media and vet even the best scammers? Hmm. Well. If someone wants a commission from you, I think you have to kind of immediately move that conversation off of Instagram into an email. That would be my first port of call. And then at that point, they're probably not going to carry on. If Or if they do send an email and it starts with, I'd like to buy my wife an anniversary present, but I'm only going to pay with check. <laughs> and you just also immediately go, no, but... Like we talked about in our commissions episode, I think having a procedure that you run by, you can ask them some questions, see what they want, and then say, okay, great, well, if you want to go ahead, you know, I take 30% deposit or 50% deposit, and then at that point, this is when, you know, things will start to 
smell of fish if they aren't genuine. What are your thoughts? Yeah, I probably would say exactly the same. I tend to any commission chat, I move out of Instagram as quickly as I can because otherwise I find it really easy to lose track of commission chats on Instagram. And I would just say, do you want to let me know what you're after? So which works of mine you've liked in the past, what size you're Mm -hmm. thinking of and where you're located so that I can get back to you with a, you know, price size, some ideas and -hmm. get them to try and go and do some work and contact you. And if it's, if it's a scam, they're not going to do, generally speaking, I think I I don't understand why they would do a lot more work considering you're going to ask them for a deposit pretty quickly. Yeah. It's not saying it doesn't exist, but it doesn't happen, but you know, at any point where they go kind of a dodgy about the money side and the money doesn't appear, that's when you know it's a scammer. Yeah, yeah do not start any work until you've seen the never, cash never in start. your account. No, no, no work gets started until you have that first initial deposit payment, unless it's your mum, you know, or mm. your best friend. It's, it's just it, yeah. not worth it because... Yeah. And then if they at any point sort of say dodgy stuff about transferring funds and money and things, you just, it's a massive red flag. I've in the past done a sort of process around commissions when, when I was doing the, um, uh, the lockdown walks because it was just like a set price and a set size. And then to keep it kind of, simple and because I only wanted to do like 10 at a time I set up on my website purchase the lockdown walk button and that way it was like a because it was not a huge price point it was like 150 dollars I can't remember now it was paid for in upfront in one go and then I did the commissions so I knew that they were genuine and they wanted that piece I think if I was doing something for under a hundred dollars I'd be wanting, I'd be thinking about asking people to pay the full amount up front. Yeah. Because that's where, and this is like, this is where we saw a lot of people messaging us in the commissions episode saying someone paid a deposit and then disappeared when I needed the balance. Yeah, do what works, what, what sits well with you. Okay, next question. Of late, I keep getting messages saying, we want to buy your work your work for NFT. I have no idea what that means. Are any of them genuine? And am I at risk of losing my work in any way? Here's my 10 pence on NFTs, right? I'm not going to go into whether or not I'm going to do them, what, what my personal opinion on them is. All I'm going to say is, if you want to create your work as an NFT... You can do that yourself and then you can retain all the rights and all the money and everything to do with that NFT. And unless you, you know, trust a friend or someone you know who is going to do that for you or help you, there's not any way that I would ever outsource that to anyone I didn't know, whether or not we agree with NFTs or want to do NFTs or anything like that. Like that's a completely separate mm. chat for another day and another podcast maybe. Um, but yeah, I would say any messages block and delete. And the, and then she writes at the bottom, lately I only get fake profile followers. And um, 
another person wrote as well, like she gets a lot of these male followers, the wrong type, you know, the ones that pose as like an army officer or a send you a message saying, hello, dear, I love your work. Do I delete or keep? Delete. I delete. They're not delete. a genuine follower. You don't need them. Why, you know, like, why, you know, it's just like what to boost your number up three or four for the sake of somebody who's clearly just, it's fake. It's not a... It's not even a, that that follower that is just a copy and pasted image probably from from like a search engine. It's not even them. It's mm. probably a bot, or if it's not a bot, it's somebody that's a scammer that's hiding behind a male person to try and con you out of money. So get rid of them. Don't need them. What I might do that might actually be a bit helpful for people as well is I'll try and put in the show notes, if I get around to it this week, a couple of episodes with people talking about NFTs that might help explain it uh, mm. a bit better um, because, I mean, that's we could yeah. do a whole episode on it, but I'm sure there are people who probably understand it more than – it's not something I'm an expert in. I understand the no. basics. There was a really good episode on um, – Ask the Artist. Ask the Artist, yeah. yeah. That's a great podcast for anyone that doesn't – follow it yeah we will link that in the show notes ideas to vary post content um it's so easy to fall into the rhythm of process montages and it is there is plenty of other stuff that you can post so if you think about showing people even if you don't want to like open up your entire world to your instagram followers show them your studio and if that's your hallway like that's what i've Mm. done in the past um talk them through other studios that you've had in the past, talk about the materials that you use. I do think you should talk about your process a little bit. It is interesting for people where your ideas come from. One artist who's a really good friend of mine, and I think she does really beautiful work, um, Claire Tao, has got an exhibition coming up. And this week she's doing like the story behind each of her paintings. Mm. And it's so nice to hear that. Like, And I've been so interested to hear behind the meaning of the names. Yeah. So... There's a few just off the top of my head. You've probably got a bunch more. Rather than like spilling out loads of post ideas, I think better for people to themselves create like a notes app or somewhere, whether it's in a sketchbook or something, have a place where you can perhaps whenever you see someone else do something that sparks a kind of, oh, that's interesting, I really like that idea, Mm. just pop it down so that you, you know, and try and get sort of um, nine to 12 different sort of ideas. And then you can kind of just pick and choose between them when when it suits you, you know. Um, You can even, um, I've seen things where people have shared um, content ideas for February for instance and they've gone like one two three four five you know all the dates and then each day they've got a word like um whatever like show us your daily routine or share your hand and your art or you know whatever I can't think of them off the top of my head right now but having a kind of brainstorming session shouldn't you know take you too long where you could like just plop down nine ideas or something where you've got then those ready to kind of think about when you're in the studio do you know what we should do we should open this up for um like to as a question on the flat page put them Mm. together as a monthly 
yeah thing like a, a suggestion thing maybe we should do that for march we should definitely do that for march well there you go look what we'll do is we'll come up with a flap march mashup <laughs> or something <laughs> and we'll come up with maybe like i don't know if we can come up with 31 ideas we can can we yeah mm. And again, it doesn't have to be... We can recycle some of those. It doesn't have to be the same... I, You know, you don't have to have a new idea each day. And you don't have to post each day, but it'll exactly. give you... From that, you can pick and choose. And then you could just recycle that every month. Do you know what? It's a shame it's not February, because we could have done February for flappers. Oh, <laughs> damn it. <laughs> love, I love a bit of alliteration. I knew that would be up your alley. Oh. Okay, let me get my thinking hat on. March for um okay well, we'll get our thinking caps on because then we can put like talk about a fail yeah okay failing in mm. February damn it well that's next year well Pin we can that. do it in March and say we failed to produce it in February <laughs> there you go <laughs> or we could do April for artists again hashtag flat artists <laughs> <laughs> we could just wait till April no, that seems ages away. It's too, way too long for me. Far, no, I forgot to do it now. Jump where, what's the word? Jump while the, strike while the iron's hot. <laughs> Jump. Jump, while the, Jump while the iron is cooling down. <laughs> Don't jump on an iron, you'll burn your feet. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> oh, silly. Okay. Right, is that helpful? I hope that's helpful. I think we will come back to you with that. Watch this space, as they say. How does one lose 1,000 plus followers in a week? Um, I lost 2,000 in a day last week, so <laughs> I don't know. I've, I've lost 6,000 over the course of a few months, so I wouldn't worry about it. I think a lot of it is pe- fake accounts getting culled. I know I do think Instagram goes through periods where they um, shut down accounts that are inactive I wouldn't worry. And then obviously, yeah, occasionally some of those are going to be people that followed you because they thought they liked your thing and now they're not into your thing. And it's like, well, they're lost, you know? Mm -hmm. You can't be for everybody. You know, I like to celebrate that because if if you... I don't like everybody. (laughs) I'm not interested in everybody else's stuff out there. And sometimes you... Your tastes change, and that's okay. And it's 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 better to have a smaller group of people that are really interested in what you're doing than a big group where there's some people there who are just going, oh, I don't really like this. Mm-hmm. Like, if someone was there going, oh, I don't really like it, but they stuck around to tell you they didn't like it, I'd rather they left, frankly. Who needs friends like that? No. Goodbye. Mm-hmm. Bye-bye, I always think. If you don't like it. Jog on. Make space for the people that do. Exactly. Yeah. Don't think you're alone, though. I think that's a big thing to mm. point out, is that it's not, like, just you losing 100-plus followers in a week. We're all losing followers. Never mind. Okay. Next. How much do you believe Instagram has helped your career and do you think you would have managed without it? Um, It's 100% 
been the springboard that was responsible for me even thinking this could be a career um where i live here there just was no way that i could have built up the collectors that i've built up and gotten got my work in front of as many eyes as it has without instagram like when we i started you know it was such a different place and it was such a useful you know platform to have um it is different now obviously but but back then yes it helped me and my career and i don't think i would have managed without it at all i have to put my hands in the air and say without instagram i wouldn't I don't think right now I'd call myself an artist. Wow. I don't know if I would have had the confidence back then to keep going. And even the... I, Because I kind of created this community and found support and then from that it kind of helped me grow my confidence and then, you know, that was like a snowball effect with my art. I think if I had just been painting by myself in a vacuum of my house and not showing it to anyone and not selling it, not posting it, I think I would have, like with everything going on with childcare and being a mum and all of the struggles that I was going through and, you know, the mental health stuff that I didn't have really anyone to talk to about, I think I probably would have just, it probably would have just fizzled out. And I probably would have thought that's something that I can't really do now until all my kids are older and I've got the time to be able to go to galleries and yeah Mm. I don't think I wouldn't have been able to run a business or you know sell work at the volume I have so it might have just been a hobby probably what about you Julie I think I I mean because I was painting before I had Instagram so slightly different but I don't think I would have as many commissions I don't think I would have grown anywhere as quickly as an artist so uh, maybe one commission a year comes through my galleries this year Mm. I've actually just got my second commission through a gallery this year so you know it's starting to get a little bit quicker through galleries but most of them come through Instagram um that's not where all of my sales come from but it's certainly where I am getting a lot of commissions you collected a few fails last night Have you got any um, goodies to share? This is by Evie Davis underscore studio. I stood on a tube of yellow paint in my studio once and after swearing and moaning about how expensive it was, I went to get some bits to clear it up. Whilst I was gone, my dog went in the studio and stood on a huge blob of paint. My studio is in an upstairs spare bedroom, so he walked the paint across the new hall carpet, down the carpeted stairs and across the sofa. He had to wash his paws in the bath with vegetable oil, which he actually quite enjoyed, and was licking them for the rest of the day. She doesn't actually say how she gets rid of the yellow paint over her entire house, though. Oh, my gosh. Oil paint over your sofa carpet. You're insured. That's that's a fail. But, yes, we must be careful with pets around paint. Poor pets. Poor doggy. Oh, dear. Um, Well... I actually okay. think we should um yeah wrap it up there. Um, 
do you have anything else to add any any bits that you want to pop on the end there julie not today i'm sorry my brain's that's okay i don't really have anything either other than to say um thank you once again to everyone that's reached out in response to um the cyclone gabrielle disaster and that if again if you're an artist and you want to sell a piece of art and donate the proceeds to the red cross disaster fund um, use the hashtag art for cyclone relief and the link to the red cross page will be in our show notes thank you so much for listening we hope that this episode of question and answers has been interesting and useful as a kind of part two of our instagram chat um you can find us on fail like an artist on instagram please share the podcast with your friends on your stories tell your postman (laughs) tell your barista tell whoever you can tell please um because it's really important that we get the word out about it and it's hard to do that on our own so we appreciate everyone that does that for us thank you thank you thanks for listening in guys it's um it's been interesting to do a question and answer so we're keen to hear if you want more of this sort of thing we're we're still sort of feeling it all out and seeing how these things go as well so feedback is really important to us too um you can find us on our personal pages i'm at julie battisti phoebe's at phoebe gander art like follow share thanks for your time we'll see you soon rate and review and uh you know until next time keep failing (laughs) bye for now see you soon (laughs) (laughs) sorry i can't just wind out there for a minute i know you did i had elevator music (laughs) my loneliness is killing me Half of my wine disappeared because I left it in the study with Chris. Um, I think that's a strat. I can't even. <laughs> no, you can't. Oh no. Okay. My lips got stuck on my teeth. <laughs> you can do it. Okay, hang on. I just feel a bit silly now. <laughs> I had a really good question. Oh, my train of thought. It's gone. Oh no. It's left the station. We, you, so you talked about hashbags a little bit, but then there was also hash a bags. question. Hashbags. Hashbags. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know about your hashbags, Julie, but I think that might be something for another podcast. I noticed your accent when you say perhaps. What do I say? Perhaps. You say perhaps. 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 <laughs> I do come from Devon. <laughs> perhaps. <laughs> You gotta learn how to be comfortable in front of the camera. You sound like Postman oh. Pat. No, he's Welsh. Oh. <laughs> I love, I love, oh, I love Postman Pat. How <laughs> <laughs> to be comfortable in front of the camera. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. 
With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full important safety information, visit juviderm.com.